Good afternoon and welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block. We're short to host today. Anybody out there want to chime in? We'd love to have you. Otherwise, I think we still have the IQ power to make this an interesting show. Hey, guys. Hey. We've got plenty of brain power. We may not have a quorum, but we've got we've got the brain power. Well, unfortunately, there's not much going on, so this will probably just be a boring, quick show. Anybody know anything going on in the world? The abortion story. Ed, we're going to need some of your legal prowess, but supposedly this is an absolute first in the history of the Supreme Court, except for maybe a tiny leak of um, another case in 1977 right before it came out. That's one issue. Second issue... Some are saying we should hang the person who did it and they violated basically every line in the US code. Some are saying they don't even know if they can find any law that's been violated here. Some are saying US Marshals, some are saying FBI, some are saying hero, some are saying villain. Um, as I predicted, way too many people are admitting whoever did this, even if they get sanctioned in some way, will be getting a $50 million book deal, a movie and a, sl a slot on CNN. MSNBC, and probably a statue. Matter of fact, when they take down the Columbus statue in New York, they can give it to this person. Um, obviously, there's the timing question, which lots of people have chimed in on. Is it because of the Emily's List dinner last night? Is it because of 2,000 mules coming out? Is it the elections? Is it the primaries? Um, obviously, the hysterical reactions from the left, including um, Clarence Thomas has to divorce his wife, I think. So, all right, I got two chuckles that and that I did my thing. So, I mean, to me, the biggest, the biggest takeaway for me is that this is another, this is an insurrection. I mean, why were, why are the January 6th protesters in jail? Because they were obstructing, uh, allegedly obstructing an official government proceeding, namely the counting of the electoral college votes. This, there's no other purpose of this leak other than to obstruct the, the proceeding of the Supreme Court, the proceedings of the Supreme Court in evaluating a case and thinking through the, the opinions and, and ultimately issuing a decision. Um, why isn't the Justice Department already investigating this? Why does, why does uh, Chief Justice Roberts have to call for the marshal to investigate? Why, isn't, why didn't Biden call for the, for the Justice Department to investigate? It, it, this is an attack this is an attack on our democracy to use their own language. And, you know, the fact that they're happy about it just shows how fraudulent the January 6th prosecutions are. Um, that's, that's my big takeaway from what's going on here. I mean, this is a clear and obvious attack on the, on the integrity of the Supreme Court and on its ability to, to issue decisions. This is an attempt to, it's a, a clear attempt to try and intimidate the justices and and maybe even call for for their assassination frankly well, remember when uh chuck schumer got up a couple of years ago and yeah. threatened the supreme court and obviously he never paid a price yeah. for that well he threatened kavanaugh and uh gorsuch by name mm -hmm. and that was that was in march of 2020 uh, i went and looked up that video because i I didn't realize it was that long ago, but it was during the Trump administration, not the Biden administration. And why didn't Trump do anything about that? Why didn't Trump have the Justice Department prosecute Chuck Schumer? I mean, that was a clear attempt to intimidate the Supreme Court. 
And, you know, the left just gets away with these things. And uh, it's more than they get away with it. I mean, they're telegraphing to us that they are initiating a civil war and that they really have already initiated a civil war. And it's just that they're the only ones fighting. We're not fighting back. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it goes to show you that, again, they're not they're not really hypocrites on all of these issues. Correct. It's, it's a common theme is they want more and more power and they want to impose their will on us no matter what. Um, if they really believed in democracy, they'd be against the courts, uh, you know, issu issuing these rulings that take away our right to have a say on these policy matters. And obviously they don't care about that. So well, I right, think the court is sacrosanct when it does what they want and the court should be hung when it yeah. doesn't do what they want and they get away with it in both directions. Um, have the I think that they're I think they're uh, they're apoplectic about this, not for the policy reason, but for a, a larger meta reason. I think that by returning the abortion decision to state legislatures, the the left wants doesn't want to have to persuade. They don't want to have to go into state legislatures. They don't want to have to persuade anybody. They they want to persuade five justices to give them a decision and have it forced on everybody else. They're against federalism. They're against persuasion. And this draft opinion that Alito wrote is an it, it, it's a repudiation of that. It's saying you're going to have to persuade 50 state legislatures if you want to get your way. Did you and read it? I read the first half of it. I have not gotten all the way through it. Um, it's a it's a well-written opinion so far. Um, I, I have one question for him that I don't. Well, I think I know how he would answer it, but um, when you get him on the phone, I can. <laughs> that was, I don't know that he would take your call right now, but. Um, you know, basically, he 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 makes the the argument that there's no there's no right to abortion enumerated in the Constitution. And I would point him to the Ninth Amendment, which specifically says that the enumeration of certain rights in the Constitution shall not be construed to deny or disparage other rights held by the people or retained by the people, I should say. It's, it's, a, it's a command word, shall. Um, this argument was considered by the framers of the Constitutional Convention, and the Ninth Amendment is a specific answer to that question. So the fact that it's not enumerated isn't a reason for, for it not being a right. Now, he would probably cite the Glucksberg opinion, which says that the, the way to determine whether an unenumerated right should be considered a real right is if the freedom and liberty interest is one that's got a long tradition of being upheld in the American, uh, Anglo-American system of law. That's a decent argument. I don't um, know. But I've I mean, heard I that's part of the argument that he made, that he addressed that. That's what people Yeah, he did. Well, he, he cites Glucksburg. Yes, he does. But I'm not sure how I feel about that. I mean, the Ninth Amendment is pretty clear about the fact that the, something is not enumerated doesn't mean it's not a right. Um, that said, I think it's the right decision to have legislatures decide these things. Um, that, that's pretty vague. <laughs> Well, the original court in 73, they didn't use that as their excuse, did they? They used penumbras and emanations. Why didn't they just say Ninth Amendment and preclude it? Well, they said they said the Fourth, Fifth, Ninth, Tenth, and Fourteenth Amendments. 
and I think the first actually as well. Um, but what do you mean, Mike? I don't know. What it, you're it, it sounded like a, a, a rather arbitrary standard in terms of what would be considered a right then. What's the it? What do you mean? What would be considered a right? Based, based on what you, you said, right? You hey, said let me were, put the burden on you. You're putting the burden on me. What does the Ninth Amendment mean? How would it be enforced? I'm just going by what you were just talking about, right? You point the, the fact that it's a presumption of liberty, the way I see it. Uh, it's a presumption of liberty. It's a presumption in favor of, of individual rights and individual action. Um, you know, that said, I, I understand that, you know, in our system, the states are more, should have more power than the federal government. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting question, but to me, I, you know, people don't remember this, but the way, the reason Bork was, um, Bork. Tripped, the reason Bork was tripped up. I don't know if, if you guys remember this, but of all people, Joe Biden asked him, what is the ninth, what is the meaning of the ninth amendment? And do you, do you remember what Bork's answer was? He nope. said, it's as if there was an ink blot at the Constitutional Convention and the ink spilled over and covered up what the list of rights was. So he effectively is saying, it's written in the Constitution, but we have to disregard that provision, which I think is a bogus argument. And it was a big reason why he was rejected. I mean, he was rejected for other reasons because he, he was seen as a threat to Roe v. Wade in 1987. Right. But, um, you know, it's an interesting, it's at least an interesting academic argument. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not a lawyer, but it seems to me, even for the gay, the gay marriage case, they didn't just say, well, it's a right not listed, therefore you can have it. I mean, it's, it's got to have a lot more yeah. than that to it. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at too, right? I mean, the left, the left could say anything's a right. This well, is a right. That's a right. Except for to breathe without a mask. Yeah, which well, is the right. Yeah, and I think, well, anything is a right. I mean, that's what a presumption of liberty means, right? I Except mean, for the problem of abortion, that it affects somebody else. I mean, that's right that's to healthcare. Um. Well, that's a right. That's a, it's a right to action, not a you know, it's a right to your own life, not a right to somebody else's life. Yeah, I, I mean, considering just the fact that a large percentage of all the fights over Supreme Court nominees and over its overall importance goes back to Roe v. Wade, that itself has torn up the country for almost 50 years. For that reason alone, they need to get it out of the courts. I mean, every single time there's a nominee for the court, this country goes bonkers. And it's so much because of that one issue. It's just ridiculous. Well, you'll probably have fights at the state level in court <laughs> if this gets overturned. No, Honestly, like I had said, they don't, they don't want to fight in 50 states. They don't want to collect in 50 states. They want to centralize it. And I made myself a note, um, Elizabeth Pocahontas, in her just totally unbalanced rant, is like 69% of Americans favor this. Now I took out my calculator and I believe 69% would be enough to pass a constitutional amendment. So if 69% well, of people uh, really you, want- You gotta it, remember that it's 38 the, the state. states. It's not 69% of the, it's not, you know, right. it's not 75% of the population, it's 75% of the 
states. I understand. But if anybody really thought there was so much strong support for this, that would have been put through a long, long time ago. The point is, it's much easier to intimidate John Roberts and one other, one other person than conv- to convince 38 states to do anything. But I mean, she was just so unhinged. That in itself, just like some people say, this is a religion. It is a sacrament. We're totally not. There's no other thing nowadays that gets people so off their rockers like this. I don't really get it. Um, why it's such an unbelievably important issue that these people absolutely freak out. I just don't get it. I think that the issue, like I said before, I don't think the issue is the issue. I don't think that they're wedded to abortion. I think they're wedded to judicial control and, you know, having the judiciary order us around as to what we can and cannot do. That's the, that's the issue, I think. And that's why they're so apoplectic about it. I don't think they really truly give a hoot about abortion or about any other right. They're not in favor of anybody's rights. Yeah, I mean, and and I mean the, the 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 proof is in the pudding when you look at COVID, right? I mean, they don't believe my body, my choice. They don't believe that for a minute. They're willing to discard that at the drop of a hat. And and frankly, I, I mean, as much as I favor having uh you know, having this decision go back, you know, having the abortion decision go back to the states, it's going to have it have it go back to the states is going to undermine some of our best arguments in favor, you know, in opposing COVID fascism. So, you waving me off? Ah, no, Hi, we're, we're welcoming our, our friend. Special Hi guys, an original member of the band has made an appearance. Woo-hoo! Howdy, Jody. <laughs> and this doesn't mean you don't have to be here next week. Got it. It's on my calendar. For the biggie. So we wanted a, uh, I don't know if you still identify as somebody of the female persuasion, but I'd love to have female viewpoints on this abortion brouhaha. Ooh. Yeah. So, I mean, in a nutshell, I obviously, I think it's a good good thing that Roe is going away, right? If it's going away. Um, yeah. Are we, are we thinking it's, was that leak erroneous? Like it's not really true. Cause it sounds like it's pretty okay. true. Like it, they really did rule it's going away. Right. Am I wrong? Not that I'm aware of. I, I think a yeah, so she's I right. it counts, the draft looks legitimate. It looks like a legitimate leak. I mean, that would be a pretty hard thing to, to fake that kind, you know, to forge that kind of a legal opinion of 98 pages. But it's not predictive at all of what's going to happen when they finally come out with it. So, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, you know, the inside baseball is that, you know, when Casey versus Planned Parenthood versus Casey was decided in 1992 at the the original conference where they voted, you know, they did a preliminary vote. They, uh, I think it was um, Kennedy voted to strike down Roe v. Wade and to overrule it. And then when they circulated the opinions, they ch- he changed his mind and he changed his vote. That's that's what supposedly happened. I don't know, you know, I don't know that I can prove that, but uh, that's my recollection. Well, you know, I have kind of opinions on this that tends to agitate both sides a little bit, but I kind of feel like, um, well, first of all, I notice, and I was the same, 
people are really uh, misinformed about what Roe means. So many people means that it is the thing, the one thing that gives them a right to an abortion. They don't realize that really it just denies states the right to make their own decision. And, you know, I live in Illinois where we have, you know, Medicaid patients get state funded abortions, you know, as many as they want. And I, I certainly don't support that and I, I wouldn't vote for it, but I also say let Illinois do what Illinois people want to do. So if they want to have state funded abortion, I don't prefer it, but you know, I also want states to be free to criminalize it. I do not support criminalizing abortion, certainly not before 12 or 13 weeks. I, I personally wish our discussion would revolve around solving the problem, getting to the root core of the problems um, so that abortion is lessened or gone, not because we criminalized it, but because the reasons behind it are, are, are lessened. Something along those lines. So Jody, what do you think of a state forcing you to take a COVID vaccine? I'm sorry, you were going in and out. What was that? I said, what do you think of a state of a state forcing a citizen in the state to take a COVID vaccine? I would be very much against that. But does the state? But have I mean, the power I'm, to do I'm that? not. I don't think that a state allowing abortion is saying the state is forcing the abortion upon that person. Correct. Like if they're forcing somebody to jab themselves, I have a really big problem with that. But I, if, I agree. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's, I, it's, it's a different if, thing. If voters want it, I. Jody, uh, you're, you're a reformed liberal, self-professed. Did you actually? I'm still a liberal. They just okay. changed the, what classical, liberal means. Classical okay. liberal. But has your view yeah. on abortion also evolved in the last ten years, or not so much? Yes, but it evolved because of an awareness of facts not to paraphrase thomas soul but yeah i mean once you I, I i'm no different i still want um i still want solutions to things that matter to me like poverty and violence and i still want uh, a society that um has empowered individuals has freedom of speech has freedom i wanted that before i just used to believe that the arbiters of it and the deliverers of it were these politicians, the Democrats promising all this glorious stuff. I just know now that they're liars, that they have no intention of solving problems. And they, uh, uh, to the contrary, actually make these problems even worse. I, I, how do I word? I, they don't wanna solve it because then they'll be out of a job. And so I think they exploit societal pains for their own gain. So I, I haven't changed. I just, I just understood truth and then realized they're not the solution. They're the, they're the problem. Oh, and I also just sort of paraphrased Ronnie. So yay me. <laughs> so Ed, Ed and I were kind of um, debating, is abortion a specific sacrament that's more important to the left than anything else 
or is it just a symptom of their wanting to control everything that we do, etc.? I, I am the, from those who believe it is a sacrament and it's like a religion. They've even almost yeah. called it that. And that's why they're so threatened by it. Um, I think it's way too often used as a form of birth control. Um, they even talk about it in those senses. Whether I believe life begins at conception or not, I don't know why anybody needs an abortion after about 10, 12 weeks. Yeah. And I can't imagine how anybody in their eighth month could have their life saved by killing a baby when you could take the baby out. Yeah. Yeah. It's suppose 10 weeks with eight months, though. I mean, some even, people don't even know they're pregnant at 10 weeks. I mean, most do, but not everyone even does. Right. And I'm not going to make them prove that they didn't, which is why, you know, forget my personal beliefs. Okay. Um, I, again, it's, it's not a consistent belief because if you believe life begins at conception, then you, that doesn't work either. The rape and incest, you know, exceptions don't work either. We don't say that you could kill something that's inconvenient to you that you didn't know about any more than if you knew about it. So Stephen, Steve, to your point, I, I think I pretty much agree with you. It's it is like a religion and a sacrament to them. I think it's why they, they wear T-shirts. You know, I'm proud to have an abortion. I mean, yeah. I don't see anything to be proud about it, especially it's not like contraception. First of all, I don't know anywhere where it says that you have to have unprotected sex. I'm looking for that, but I don't know what says that. And second of all, it's not an enumerated right. That's for sure. Well, it's not in the Ninth Amendment. Huh? <laughs> I, and I mean, there's so much contraception available. The fact that we have so many abortions does seem a little bit strange. Um, even if they were to ban abortion, which again, I've said it a million times, I think that Mr. Roberts will twist himself into a pretzel that makes Obamacare decision look normal. And he will find a way out of this mess and he will protect Roe. Yeah. But um, no matter what, there's already states that will be very happy. Amazon's already said they'll fly you and they'll pay up to $4,000 to help you get an abortion. And I'm sure there are many states that would do the same. Right. And no state is going to ban you know, it. In another Steve, state. that's what I was thinking, because you, you commonly get the argument when you try and say, well, if states decide there will be states where you can go and get an abortion and, the, and you get the. I shouldn't have to leave my state to go, you know, some 20 some year old who can't afford it shouldn't be expected to go to another state and get an abortion. And I'm thinking, well, first of all, because this small group of people are, you know, struggle doesn't mean millions of other people in other states should be forced against their will to participate in this in something, but that is how the left works. But, you know, you could be setting up those, all those states, those leftist states who provide abortion talking big money in now um, abortion tourism and you, mm -hmm. you know, I could see companies coming up that literally bus people in and out becoming its own uh, industry. It's disturbing. I'm just saying well, you want to know something. the left solution, the left solutions are the not. Left, the left is arguing right now, simultaneous with this debate on abortion, that six year olds and eight year olds should be able to go into do you know gender you know transgender surgery and puberty blockers and all sorts of things like that some of them say it without even parental approval so if a, if a child of that right. uh, you know a young child is able you know is responsible enough to make that decision then a 20 something year old girl is responsible enough to pay for her abortion or pay for her trip to get an abortion i mean i don't agree i don't agree with either but 
Uh, I'm not going to give them the benefit of that hypocrisy and of that inconsistent well, statement. I don't think they're saying a child should have to pay for that surgery either. I think they want us to pay for that surgery. And I think the whole transgender surgery against parental consent, listen, we're all parents with kids in schools and they can't take a Tylenol, God forbid, but they can get an abortion without parental consent and they can get transgender surgery without parental consent. And I know there's somebody else suing, I think in Texas, I believe, for um, hiding a 13-year-old transitioning or something. I, I think that's so beyond outrageous, usurping of parental authority and parental rights. I don't even know how do you recover from that. I mean, Joe, do you have 13-year-olds at home? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> my God, how old are my kids? 14. They are 14? Okay, I thought they were just 13. They're I'm, almost 15. Okay. I mean, God forbid if you would find out that their school was transitioning them and hiding it from you, I, I can't even fathom. <laughs> this is why I do private schools. We have at least a little bit of um, coverage against stuff like that. But. Mm -hmm. but like Mike brought up a few weeks ago, the sex ed programs in the public schools now... <laughs> I mean, Mike, your kids are in public school or not? Yes, they are. <laughs> and it, and it, it pains me. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. It's crazy. So, Ed, well, you if know, you read to bet, is this going to stand in the Supreme Court or if they're going to be intimidated away from it? What, what's your best I bet? I don't think that they'll be intimidated. And if, if, if I were in charge... And I'm not mm -hmm. in charge, but if I were in charge, that opinion would be issued, if not by the end of this week, by the end of the weekend and on Monday morning, it would be issued. I mean, if the intent of the leaker was to, to generate a mob and to intimidate, the, the way around that is just issue the opinion. Well, I mean, I, I have to say this much. If they do overturn Roe, God, kudos to the justices who are willing to do that, because I never thought in a million years they would it would do it. I hear you. You know what I'm Me saying? I've said it on it, this it, show that that Mississippi case was going to, they were going to overturn it with the Mississippi case. And so. it, it has <laughs> to be seen as another victory. Now, <laughs> it, is it totally for, for, for us as constitutionalists if they do that? Is it only up to Roberts when the decision is released? What? If Rob um, says, I refuse to release it until July, he has total power over that? Uh, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, my understanding is that, um, that the preliminary vote count was 5-3 and that Roberts is the one that hasn't decided how he's going to vote yet. I think we know how that's going to go. Yeah, but how, who decides when it's released? I think it just depends on when they finish drafting the opinions. I, but I don't know. Maybe maybe the chief justice decides. I don't I don't know the answer to that question. You know, there's a lot of us that have always wondered why some of these decisions wait until June. Like some of us don't get that anyway. I, I, I mean, how can he pull that off at this point after it's been leaked? We assume well, that what off? Wait till June. Yeah, because, because they, can do, is they can do anything they want. They can they can reject taking cases in the first place. I mean. They don't have anybody supervising them. I, I just think it would be a, well. It's a unique situation, and it, and then it becomes it really smacks of politics. Huh. Gee, uh, you know, it's unlike I mean, Obamacare. 
Yeah. Well, look, I mean, they didn't hold back that decision. We knew when it was coming, right? But now you have a, a leaked, you know, a, a leaked um, opinion, which we have every reason to believe is accurate. I don't I mean, know how you. you I don't know how you sit, sit on that. You know, by the way, it's to the Democrats' um, positive to release it later, the closer to the election, the better for them, because they're going to be campaigning on abolishing filibuster. They're going to be campaigning about the whole Roe v. Wade, um, campaigning about packing the courts, the closer yep. to remember. The I, I actually disagree with what you're saying there, though, Steve. They will make that argument. But I think once this opinion is understood and digested by the population, I, I think that the Democrats are way, way out on a limb on this. They're making it sound like abortion is going to be illegal. And the reality is, I don't think, I, yeah, I don't think any abortions yeah. that are, are that are legal today are going to become illegal or that that take place today are going to become right. illegal. after. Well, that. they will in a whole bunch of states. Yeah, in states where well, people where there's not a lot of abortions in the first place. But ha- how does that work, though? Does it revert back to what the laws were on the books before Roe and some of these depends on the state? I right. have them listed the here. And they but, have these trigger but, laws in a lot of states. My, my point is a little okay. different, though. My, my point is, I think that we're all inside baseball, you know, inside politics kind of people. And, we're, you know, we're following very closely. The average person is not following very closely. And when they understand that the Supreme Court has not banned abortion in, in all 50 states, they've just sent it to the state legislatures. I think the hysteria is going to backfire on the Democrats. I don't think this is going to help them. I think it's going to hurt them. The fact that, and this is what I'm watching, the fact that most people don't even know that and the media, and I I know it's not surprising. I I act like these should be reasonable people and we all know they're not, but that they're not walking people through that. They, I think they really want to fuel that hostility and hysteria Mm -hmm. and have people actually believe that this means no abortions anywhere in the United States. There's so many people who believe it. It is absolutely tragic to watch. And I wonder if there's not a little bit of fomenting of a repeat of a summer of violent protest, mostly a little peaceful, bit, a little bit. violent protests all over this whole summer leading up to the midterms. I mean, well, it's these clear that's what the goal don't, is. The, they, these people don't mean well. They're, Really? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, so it's clear Jody, that that's their purpose. But what I'm saying is I think that's going to backfire because I think once the issue is is crystallized for the average person, the average person is going to say, well, why are you rioting? Just go you know, lobby your state legislature. And, and frankly, the places where the riots are going to happen are going to be places where abortion is going to be available Probably even more freely than it yeah. is today. That's part of the irony right. that they're well, in liberal cities where it never will be prohibited. Right. And they'll right. be happy to. Believe it. me, the New Jersey legislature will act the next day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, places like Portland, and, Oregon, and, they're worried. And right. then, you, uh, you know, obviously it's going to turn into real polarization because you can have states like New Jersey and California, it's like partial birth abortion. Fine. Right. And then you're going to have okay, so more red states going in the other direction. So. so 15 states in D.C. already have laws to protect the right to abortion, regardless of Roe. Right. So they won't change. Uh, five states have pre uh, Roe abortion bans still in place. Presumably they become active once Roe is down. And then 14 states 
have the trigger laws, which means their abortion ban goes in effect when Roe goes down. And then 16 states have no laws either way. So those 16 states will have to figure out what they're going to do, I suppose. But I would wager most states will be having abortion legal in some degree in this country. There will, I, I say the majority, meaning it's not... It, maybe in the high 20s, early 30s is the number I that will so. allow it. I think 30 states will keep it legal. And you know what? Way, if they cared about abortion, there would be enough states and there's plenty of money going around to fly people first class, put them up in hotels and get abortions. But that would mean it's not it, a big issue to it, fight it, about. It could be a burgeoning industry in and of itself. And those leftist states can capitalize on that. Being They the don't want to. Because leftists are not happy if one state doesn't do it their way. Conservatives can sleep at night, even if they can't force their will on the other 49 states. That's true. And that's the difference. So, I mean, for those of us who believe in, you know, amicable, peaceful separation, this is just another major issue where how can you live together when one side is so wacko about an issue? Well, the framers had an answer to that question. And the answer is federalism. Yes, the answer was the United States wasn't capitalized and it was it really was great. But you have I've I've listened to a couple of pundits that you know are their words are copied on conservative shows and stuff. And they're like, what kind of a country are we? We're not like any other country. Every other country has unified laws, and, and I'm like, yeah, that is the exact point of our country. Hello. And yet either they don't know it or they pretend they don't know it. And I haven't been to public school ever in my life, to be honest. I went to public colleges. I would assume very few Americans who go through public schools, government schools, know the United States was once upon a time not capitalized and we're supposed to have 50 sets of laws. Well, you know, even, so, you know, I, you know, in, in the show notes you shared before we got on the air, Steve, there was a story about <laughs> certain Republican senators led by Joni Ernst of Iowa who want to introduce bills into the into the Senate to ban abortion all throughout the country. So even Republicans don't seem to understand what federalism is. And they, you know, that was it, it's arguable that some, if not all of them, were just using federalism as a as a camouflage, as a as a you know, as a rationalization for what they want. Well very few people in power ever want power to devolve away from them, quite obviously. So it's not in their interest power to Alito in the Supreme Court are devolving power. I mean, that's what's so brilliant about the decision. And that's what I think, again, that is what's sending the, the left into a, a, a pop, apoplexy. Because- this is one of my fights oh. with the anarchists um, is I believe America was a great idea and I believe the constitution is brilliant. I just believe it's not self-enforcing and it doesn't last forever oh. and you need to reboot it. But the way it was written, I think is wonderful. Um, if we would follow it, I think very few people would be all that upset about what goes on in this country. And by the right. way, the same can be said for state constitutions, which are often even better than the United States Constitution. Our problem is we don't follow it. And everybody in Washington wants more and more power. 17th Amendment obviously was a major issue. They're trying to kill the Electoral College is obviously a major issue. But anyway, I, I think that the real I mean, if you want to look at amendments, I think it's the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment is really what neutered the 10th, the 9th and 10th Amendments. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. the 14th Amendment is the one that... Can you explain further for people like me? Can you elaborate? Well, under the original Constitution, 
the states were the ultimate sovereigns. The states had the ultimate power. The federal government didn't have any supervisory authority over the states. If anything, the states were supervisory over the federal government. You know, the states appointed senators. Um, the, the states were the ones with, with the residual power, not the federal government. And then the 14th Amendment comes in and starts off by saying, uh, no state shall, and you know, it lists things that the states can't do. And the federal, you know, and then section five of the 14th Amendment says Congress shall have the power to enforce this amendment through appropriate legislation. And all of the awful decisions we've gotten, whether it's on gay marriage or um, abortion, or I mean, all the bad decisions, I shouldn't say all, but a lot of the bad decisions have come through the, the 14th Amendment's uh, putting the federal government in charge of, of supervising the states. And that's really the problem. And, and not the, the, it's the problem because states are no longer free to do their own independent experiments. If the, if the government, had, if, the, if the radical Republicans during the 1860s, you know, after the Civil War was won, had just stopped with the 13th Amendment, which says neither slavery nor involuntary servitude shall exist in the United States, that would have been enough. And then it would just, you know, it banned slavery and involuntary servitude. But the 14th Amendment went further and it said the federal government gets to tell the states, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. <coughs> and that's, that's what we're seeing today is that the federal government and the Supreme Court are say, telling the states what they can and cannot do and that's destroying the whole purpose, the whole uh, original structure of federalism, which is that the states get to decide what they're going to do, um, with some very limited exceptions. Now, there was this interesting case by the Supreme Court that was released about, you know, 10 hours before the leak, the 9-0 ruling for the Christian flag, I believe in, uh, what was it, in Boston, Boston. right? And that's yeah. a pretty interesting ruling that probably would have gotten some play by itself had it not been, you know, thrown into the background. And I think it's really interesting that nine judges ruled in favor of a Christian flag. I, isn't that kind of surprising? No, I mean, it looked like a pretty straightforward and easy case. I mean, the government can't, it, it can't favor one message over another and it can't favor or disfavor religion. I mean, the, it the, should be, but you know, again, I don't know how many nine zero cases we get in a year. I know we get a couple, but I think that's pretty interesting. And again, it doesn't get a lot of play in the news. I don't know if it would have gotten a lot of play in the news, but it is a big deal when you get a 9-0, isn't it? Um, I don't, I mean, to me, every case that they decide is a big deal, whether it's 9 nothing or 5-4. Um, it looks like, I mean, I didn't read the opinion, but I read the stories about it and it looks like a pretty straightforward case to me. You know, groups went to, to some town square in Boston and there were three flagpoles. One had the U.S. flag, one had the Massachusetts flag, and the third one had, uh, I don't know if it was a Boston flag, or it, basically they allowed the third flag to be used by the groups that would speak. And they allowed a whole bunch of groups to use it, but the Christian group asked for permission to fly a Christian flag, and they said no. So, I mean, it was clearly... Do you know if the 9-0 was overturning a lower court or affirming a lower court? Uh, good question. I don't know. Like I said, I didn't read the opinion, so I'm not sure. Because I'm curious how it got to be that far and who was fighting it, because you would hope it's a slam dunk at every level. It, it had to. I mean, just sitting here thinking about it, it would have to be a reversal. 
I mean, if they, it, you know, nine nothing to affirm a lower court decision, they just wouldn't have granted cert. I mean, right. it's not like that was a burning issue that needed to be resolved by the Supreme Court. Okay, so then what I'm saying is, it's even though this should be cut and dried in an easy decision, but an appeals court didn't see it that way. That's my point. Yeah. And hopefully this sends a strong message. We know we have activists at all levels of the court. What state? <laughs> where, what state was, did that generate from? I'm sorry. From Massachusetts. So it was Boston, the first, okay. which is as liberal as first circuit. Mm -hmm. So it's quite a, uh, what's the word? A message from the Supreme Court to such a, a liberal state. You know, it's amazing. There's so much goes on in the world. And I think even if we had a show every day, we wouldn't get to all of it. Um, We've never discussed the libs of TikTok. We haven't yet had trouble to talk about, which I think um, hit the airwaves during or right before our last show, this new disinformation board. Yeah. I believe that came about last Wednesday sometime, if I'm not mistaken. Again, we're talking about slam dunks for free speech and free exercise, et cetera. And yet they can go out there publicly and say, we're gonna have a disinformation board Yeah. And what's the real problem, Steve? The Republican Party doesn't stand up and say, we're just going to shut the government down until you back off of that. No, well, we could never do that. That's what needs to be done. They need to stand up and say, this is completely unacceptable. We're going to make a stand. And, and if the voters want to throw us out because of that, let them do it. But we are not going to tolerate censorship in this country. And I am sure there are two or three Republicans who agree with you. Yeah, they, yeah, maybe. Rand, Rand Paul, probably. I don't know where they are. I mean, when you think of how far we've gone that somebody could even bring up such an idea and not be just, you know, tarred and right. right. I don't know if we've just become numb to some of it, but nonetheless. Well, we've been slowly made into sheep by everything else. And I, I from what I heard, um, Mr. Garland said he wasn't aware of Nina Jankovic's other uh, career. I think I'm wondering if they're going to find a way to can her and send her back to Britain to do Mary Poppins uh, covers. Different. I mean, they'll just get somebody else just like her. I know, but it just proved what, what fools they are. I agree with you. Yeah, if we don't have people in the population who understand federalism, how are they supposed to understand, um, you know, free speech? <laughs> In the fact because they don't believe they literally don't believe in free speech anymore. The problem they say that's a white male. Um, uh, oh yeah, it's white supremacy. Of course, they don't understand it. But the real problem is, <laughs> where is the opposition? No, oh, right. I they totally agree with you. I mean, they, the, the problem is there's no opposition because if there's an opposition, there's feck, feckless, weak Republicans. It's the same old crap we talk about all the time. No, but you're 100% <laughs> right. They are. What do we got? One or two? Josh Hawley, maybe, and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, I don't. I don't by the way, it. we need to keep saying it. I agree with Ed. We need to keep keep screaming about that. We don't have an opposition party. You know, right. and and again, we're we're in an election year where they they feel like they're going to win, and to me, that means you say the least possible, right? It's kind of like what the Democrats did with Biden. How, how do we get rid of Trump? Well, one part of it was keeping Joe in the basement and having him shut up because Trump's in trouble. Right. So when, they, when, when your opponent's in trouble, you let them stay there and keep your mouth shut. Right. But on the other hand, Maybe, when they but... do something this stupid, this un-American, it's the time to kick them when they're down. And yet yep. we still don't. Absolutely, Steve. 
Yeah. But to the point earlier, I think, you know, if Robert holds on to the, to the opinion or what, obviously we, we want to get it out there. And to me, it's because it's just a news cycle too. So even if, even if the left flips out, even if, you know, the main, the, the mainstream media flips out in a week, it's old news anyway. This is, this is the so way now you're, now you're going dead. They're not, they're not going to, it's not going to be top of mind come next November. We can, well, I mean, if it were, if it were the issue that the left is saying it would be, but I just think they're overplaying their hand. I hope. It's, it's quite possible. All right. You're you know assuming I mean? people are not as stupid as we think they are, which Who's is this not we? usually a safe bet. Um, another, there was another story that I'd wanted to ask you about last week. And again, there's just so many important stories going on. This Trump being put in contempt of court at 10 grand a day. You following that, Ed? Uh, I, I'm aware of it. I wouldn't say I'm following all the details, but yes, I, I do know of the story. I'm not happy with that. I just, it seems like one judge gets to bankrupt somebody and an ex-president of the United States is just like, you know, in Israel, which whatever I could argue is a banana republic in some ways and a strong government in other ways, they've had several prime ministers who actually sat in prison. And they've had the president sat in prison and many major heads of the parliament sat in prison. So far in America, I think we've avoided that. And the idea that you could take $10,000 a day from an ex-president because he doesn't want to cooperate with some crazy, uh, you know, wild goose chase. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, on the flip side, though, I mean, if you believe in due process and the rule of law, you litigate a case, you make your arguments to the judge. And if you lose, then you have to comply. Right. And, and in know, a case where you have a thoroughly corrupt society, this is going to be a big problem. Because okay, compliance, then, then, then go yeah. and get your army and start a, a, a revolution. You know, it's like as, we long spoke as, as long as you're gonna as long as you're gonna live in a civilized society, if you're gonna follow, you have to follow the rule of law. I mean, that's okay. Just, so we spoke a year ago, probably about you know when they come to arrest Trump in Florida, and you're like, you need, you know, this right. it. I you said, put up your army. send him a detail. It, it's just, I don't know. Something about this strikes me as. Now, we've yes, never I, done it to other crooked presidents. Well, I think that the Democrats would say that Bill Clinton was uh, was hounded and he lost his law license. Temporarily, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, I don't remember him getting reinstated. Well, after the whole Monica Lewinsky thing, he, he lost it, didn't he? And that, that cost him big time. No, it was actually the Paula Jones case. He, well, he the, lied yeah. under oath. In, oh, the, okay. in the in the asking case, yeah, but that was a private matter. <laughs> and you, you know, you, you got to love Hillary still mouthing off about women's rights and protecting women, and and she just doesn't. She wore that dress apparently with all the women she admires. Hillary I did about that at the Met Gala. Apparently, AOC has started a new thing. You got to embroider stuff on your dress. So apparently she embroidered names of all the women she admires. I don't know if she had Sanger on there, yeah. but I don't think she had Monica. <laughs> well, I, I saw a meme where, you know, it was Benghazi was on there and all this other stuff, you know. Well, okay. The they have, you can about, imagine. <laughs> and you can quote, the what's the name? About, huh? What's the name of the one he supposedly raped? Why am I blocking her name? 
Juanita Broderick. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Competing dress. But well, you mentioned Sa- you, you mentioned Margaret Sanger, and actually we didn't discuss this, but Alito's opinion discusses the uh, you know the Planned Parenthood. Yeah, it discusses uh, the the eugenics movement and how uh, you know how, you know thirty million black babies have apparently been aborted wow. over the last fifty years. Um, Computer wow. is not connecting well to the internet. We got you. We hear you, Jody. Really. Yeah, we hear you yep. fine. You guys keep going in and out, and it keeps yep. saying it's unstable. But okay, maybe that's really happening. We've got you fine, but yes, maybe that's because the, the three of us are unstable. But you know, <laughs> maybe it's just me that's <laughs> unstable. <laughs> I keep missing stuff. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, I forget which serial you guys following the serial story again. There's so many stories out there. <laughs> Kellogg's LGBT themed uh, cereal. You guys all saw that story? I did I'm not know if I that one. I think it's Fruit Loops or something. Um, partnered with <laughs> easy, easy, easy. I'm making this up. Do you want me to share my screen for our, of our viewers? I could do that. Go too. ahead. Go ahead. Um, boxes are for cereal, not people. No matter who you are, who you love, or what pronouns you use, uh, you're too awesome to fit in a box. And it's a picture of Kellogg's together with Pride cereal. It's got Tony the Tiger. What's the name of the Fruit Loops guy, that bird? What's his name? Toucan, Toucan Sam. Oh, something like that. Yeah. Got a picture of him. And yeah, for, it's just. <laughs> yeah. Afro cry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure where else to go with that one. But was the Lucky Charms guy involved in any of that? Or? I, don't, I don't recognize everybody on the picture. And now some ad just popped up, popped up here. So I can't see the picture again. Um, there's a little red guy. Mm-hmm. And then there's, um, let's see if I could do a share screen. Sure. There's a That's whole bunch good. of people on here. Maybe you guys know these people better than I do. I don't know. You see my screen? I, I probably do, yeah. Yeah, can you see the, that? The Rice Krispie guys and uh, yeah, who this is the red guy here on the bottom left and then on the bottom right. I don't recognize mini weeds. Okay, the, the, yeah, the Rice Krispie. Recognize Snap Crackle and Pop, although they're there all one. Tony rate. the Tiger. Tony the Tiger. The Tony frog the is from I think Sugar Smacks. Yes. Is it not called that is. anymore? Is it? I don't know. I haven't bought cereal in forever. So I, I know you're know. not allowed to say sugar anymore. It used to be sugar pops and then they became corn pops, uh, which I think was Biden's friend. But it wasn't his friend corn pop? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Whatever. Again, it's, it's laugh or cry. And I guess that's our choice mm-hmm. here. So, anyway. Uh, not not shocking that these major corporations are are all woke, right? And, and you know, corporations that made their money through capitalism, all who have forsaken capitalism, um, the grandparents who founded all these, you know, corporations must be rolling over in their graves. From what hey, I, you know, that's. Uh, let me just say something. You go, Jody. I think. That statement, Steve, is exactly what the problem with the libertarian anarchist movement is. If you just create a free market without 
reference to whether the culture supports the right values, the, the free market will just take them to tyranny faster than they would have otherwise gotten there. Um, capitalism is a derivative issue. Um, yes, we need freedom and we need to be able to make our own economic decisions, but uh, it's more fundamental that people are, are rational and that people have good rational cultural values. And uh, if you don't have a, a, a culture that supports reason and supports life and supports, and supports liberty, um, having a free market or inter, you know, overlaying a free market on an otherwise tyrannical society is not going to create freedom. I know the libertarians, right. the anarchists think that it will, um, but uh, I don't think that's true. It, it doesn't work in a non-virtuous society. I think we can agree on that. Right. Look, it's I don't think the anarchists and libertarians agree on that, Steve. Um, it depends. There are some and there are some. It's I the same, same thing with Elon Musk. I mean, the whole Twitter thing, if he does take it over, it goes through. It, it's a victory. Um, he could be a real champion for free speech, but does it change the culture? That's, that's the question, right? Because we still need to change the culture. And again, he could be a prominent and influential figure in, in helping do that um, to, to some extent. I don't know how much, but hopefully a lot. But until, Bernie, what you, you, until, you, change, until you change the culture, we're not going to see the sea change that we want. So I was going to say, and I think I might have already shared this with you guys because it was so good. But uh, it's by Vivek Ramaswamy, and he did this talk through Hillsdale. It's called Woke Capitalism Against America. And he postulates this theory that um, after the financial collapse in 2008, that all of these corporations basically accepted wokeism as a trade-off to like, okay, don't, don't look at us because you want to take us down because of this financial stuff that all just happened here we'll get woke you'll look the other way and allow us to be you know giant corporations again and it i mean his theory is really interesting you should look it up on youtube it's fascinating to watch and it kind of makes a little sense okay they're doing it to ward off the uh the guards yeah. And so, it, I mean, think of how the left and they used to be so anti big corporation and now they're so pro big corporation and it really does revolve all around the wokeism. Well, they're best friends with big pharma. Who saw yeah. that coming five years yeah, ago? Say, it's the, because the of the wokeism. <laughs> They've gotten bed with the Democrats. Was... The Democrats control leftist thinkers. It was kind of brilliant in that evil, nefarious way. And I know Trump got really in trouble for calling Putin's strategy brilliant. But evil is often brilliant. And this is an example. Mm -hmm. I think it goes further back, though, than, than the financial crisis of 2008, 2009. Uh, I, honestly, I think it goes back to the 1990s when Bill Clinton's Justice Department went after Bill Gates at Microsoft and went after him hard. And I think that Clinton's purpose was to make them cry uncle, uh, you know, to demonstrate to every big corporation in America that if he could make Microsoft cry uncle, he could make you cry uncle. So you better come make deals with the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. And I think that, the, that he, as leader of the Democrat Party, used that to, to bankroll the Democrat Party and to infiltrate corporate boardrooms throughout the country. And I think 
I think the Microsoft antitrust suit was was the lever that that got the Democrats into the corporate boardrooms and to take over big business from what had been a Republican stronghold for a long time. Wow, 99 shows is the first time I heard you make that really good point, Ed. I think I've heard it before. I've heard it before. I don't know if it was on a show, but I remember hearing it before from you. Well, I just think I've said it here. Okay, that just means I have a poor memory. I didn't say it's the first time you said it. So it's the first time I heard it. (laughs) First time you remember me saying it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, it's a very interesting point that that's that's how they changed corporate America. But I just think, you know, the Democrats being in bed with every big company and especially big pharma is just so ridiculous. I know, Mike, I think you passed around that story about the phone location data. I'd actually passed it around as well. Um, If you want to just tell everybody what I'm talking about for a second. Well, the CDC apparently paid some company for tracking data on Americans. And obviously it's had to do with COVID over the last couple of years. They, they wanted to know if um, you were going to get your shot or if you were abiding by curfews and you name it, they were looking to track that data. And uh, basically it's like big brother watching out for us. Shocking. Yeah, China much? Yeah. Yeah. What they were planning to do with the data. Otherwise, I don't know. I mean, obviously. Oh, it's harmless. You know, I mean, it's totally harmless. They only mean well. And if you have something to hide, that's your problem. Mm -hmm. Right. If you have nothing to hide, what are you worried about? And then there's a story from three days ago. CDC censored science due to political pressure. GAO concludes. Now, who would have ever thought that that could have happened? I mean, what kind of a nut for the last two years would have said that CDC was censoring science? A nut who has his eyes open. Fauci is science. So does that mean- There you go. He was was (laughs) self-censoring? It's very scary because as things leak out from what happened over the last two years, again, they'll drip it out and nobody will care anymore. Well, it's over anyway, who cares? But what they've gotten away with Yep, and they'll continue to get away with it. Yeah, I mean, are there any rules left in New Jersey for COVID? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where we're at. So <laughs> right? they, they, all, they, all, you- they all dropped it. It was, it was time to, to move on to something else. Right? Yeah, it seems like you could pretty much go anywhere and do anything, I believe, in New York. So happy. let me just tell you here in Illinois, uh, I mean, we don't have any uh, state level rules, but I, I'm traveling the state a bit and, you know, going into Chicago, it really, you, you just, you can't even really believe this is happening, but, you know, we were in a very high income, very wealthy area on a beautiful Saturday and maybe it was Sunday, it was last Sunday or two. Recently, beautiful Sunday, and there's no joke, people outside walking around, wearing masks, having masks on their small children. You, you, you really can't actually even believe you're seeing what you're seeing. Yeah. It's baffling wow. in a tragic way. Mm-hmm. Well, Listen, you, you know what, though? Driving in a car by themselves with a mask. 
Right. Uh, listen, that if, if they too. have the free choice now to do it and they want to do it, I could sit there and snicker at them. But you know what? Their choice. No, I, I but, hear you. Know you. I'm with you, wanna, you 100%. Wanna, you, you want to still believe that the masks work and all but, that? I'm with you. But it's a comment on how dumbed down we've become as a society. Yeah. But by the way, I, I think there are still some lawsuits pending in New Jersey about the vax mandate. Ed, Ed might know a little bit, a little bit about that, right? Because you were involved in some stuff there. I so, was. I was some, looking... some of this stuff has not been lifted. Right. Um, I haven't been following it because I haven't been working with the woman uh, who's litigating those cases. Um, but I, I did work with her early uh, on an earlier case. Uh, yeah, the I mean, there's there's the state there is a state mandate. And then there's also the some of the federal mandates are still in place. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I haven't followed what cases she's bringing, but um, I know that she's still litigating in the Third Circuit, which is yeah. the appeals court for New Jersey. Right. So I guess now, now's as good a time as any to talk about today in New Jersey. Plastic okay, that cat. is contraband, and you're not allowed to yeah. show that on our show. Single-use plastic bags are now officially banned as of today. Yeah, Maybe Jody, are you aware of what's going on in Jersey? I mean, I, I saw that on Facebook, but that's about it. It's yeah. the real deal. Yep. So, and you can't use paper either. And, I, you know, obviously people are now starting to look online or whatever to buy some bags, but, you know, I posted today. Well, on what my about page. the people who can't afford a closet full of those bags? Where do they go? Oh, I'm sorry. We don't well, care about mean, them. Do you we? mean the, the people who they are get to eat cake, Jody? The people oh, who I'm are. I'm sorry. Yes. I they're disproportionately it's like we lived affected. in a society that right. cares about the poor and middle class. I forgot. They're disproportionately affected, Jody. So, <laughs> Women and minorities hard as tit. But, uh, you know, I did, I posted about this on my Facebook page today, and, and I think it was, I felt like making a larger point about it, which of course is the fact that the radical environmentalist Marxist crowd, you know, Marxist crowd, they're, they're against capitalism, they're against freedom, they want to control us, and that's what this whole environmentalist movement is about, including single-use plastic bags. So I guess like with so many other issues, does this get people fired up? I, I think they're people just, are annoyed about it. I think they are. I mean, but I think just like we're talking about with some of these other issues, we become numb. We right, just tend to accept well, and Migration uh, maybe will I, I increase. Just, Huh? Yeah. Migration out of those states. I mean, the more these states get, you know, more and more irrational, maybe it'll be more and more people moving. Sadly, they'll take their votes with them. What am I thinking? I just don't think that it's that we're numb. And I don't think it's that we're sheep. I think it's that there's no leadership from the opposition party. I, I mean, what are you supposed to do, Mike? You can't fight a bag ban, a plastic bag ban on your own. I mean, you can write about it. You can talk about it. You can get on the show and talk about it. But really what needs to happen is you need an opposition party that stands up and points out how ridiculous these things are. Listen, I, mean, I get, I get these are, it. These are low hanging fruit issues. I mean, listen, the Republicans in the New Jersey legislature could have made us think about this and we could have packed some of the, the hearing rooms when it was being heard, but then Democrats were going to do it. You know that they were going to do it because they have the power to do it in New Jersey. Right. But you have to 
I mean, that's the whole thing. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not making a case. case. Okay, yes, you have to build a right. case. I mean, that's the whole At and, some point, yeah, you have to fight to win. And this is just one. Part of winning is, is the long issue. game. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I agree with you totally on that. Would they have been able to stop this one bill from passing? No, but in terms of the big picture, yes. I, mean, I talked about this a little bit on, I think, the previous show. Like The Republicans in New Jersey never do anything every four years when they have a chance and the governor's up in the entire legislature to run on a real campaign on some of these issues to win, but they never do. So it's hard to expect them so to like on this, but do you know where the general population in your state kind of vibes with that rule? Do they like it? Do they not like it? I mean, listen, I mean, poll well is a good choice. I, I don't know about polling. Well, I obviously I have my circle of friends on Facebook and that's going to be somewhat skewed. Uh, obviously, a lot of people, a lot of people didn't know until recently that this was coming. I would go into the supermarket, go to the self-checkout, and on, on the kiosk screen would be a message saying, May 4th, plastic bag bans in effect. And, uh, you know, so I think people started to learn about it, and now people are just kind of annoyed and fed up about it. Well, was but, it okay. kind of like, you know, that housewife of New Jersey who apparently is out there out of the closet, and she said a lot more people agree with her, but they're afraid? So you wonder, is everybody in Walmart afraid to tell the guy standing next to them that they're upset about this because everybody thinks but, everybody else is a liberal. But, but again, this sort of dovetails with some of what we talked about on the show about the abortion ruling, right? Which is now, now we're going to have a discussion, right? They overturn it, all the states, it opens it up and, and you know, hopefully there's a robust debate about it. But that's um, the, the problem is you need an opposition party to have a robust debate, and we don't have one. That is the problem. Right. The problem right, is in federalism. The problem still... isn't sending it to the states. The problem is we don't have an opposition party that's laying the laying out the arguments for why these things are all wrong. Right, but if there's a bill up before your legislature, okay, you can still go and have your voice heard on it, right? Sure. You know what I mean? Well, the, I guess where I, I differ is we're never going to have an opposition party on a national basis. And I've always said fight in a few states. And if you can win some good primaries in those states, at least those states can be more like Florida at the moment. But again, you know what? If you go back to the founding of the Republican Party in 1854, it, it was founded because the Whig Party was doing what the Republican Party is doing today. It was not an effective voice in opposition to slavery. And that's, the, you know, we need another group of people, whether it's some, I mean, the, the original Republicans were originally Whigs. So we need some Republicans to break off and say, the Republican Party has become the Whig Party and we need a new party. And, you know, you, know, you talk about secession, Steve, do, but some of them but, are nuts. You know, Steve, you, you and, and some of the other people on the show talk about secession. I mean, how about seceding from the Republican Party first? Uh, a third party? Secession from the Republican Party. Yes, third but, party. But a third party, you know, Rush talked about it for years and others talked about it for years. It tends to backfire. Unfortunately, I don't know of a way to have a third party on a national level and even on a um, local level. In New Hampshire, it crashes and burns all the time. And most of the good people in New Hampshire go into the Republican Party, even though the Republican Party in New Hampshire does nothing. That's I, I'm going to give you an answer for why it doesn't go anywhere. And that's because nobody takes a moral sledgehammer to the Republican Party. Everybody who well, tries well, that, 
Can Everybody we put Morrow in parentheses? <laughs> I don't know, Steve, but the, the people who <laughs> I said it, and, you didn't. It. The people who try and go third party always do so in the with the argument that well, we need to nudge the Republicans. The Republicans mean well, but they don't have the courage. The problem is they don't mean well. No, they don't. Not that they well. lack courage, they don't mean well. Thank you. I, that's totally we agree on that one hundred percent. They don't. Jody, I have to say that um, I'm sure you remember Laser um, and you know that he's been evacuated from Ukraine twice in the last six weeks. And there were a minute or two where I was worried for his safety, but I'm far more worried for yours going in and out of Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> you have Kevlar and heavy weaponry and armored <laughs> personnel carriers. That would be great. Are you in any neighborhoods like that ever? Um, not really. Um, no, not lately anyway. But you, you're, you're not going around Manhattan, Steve? No, I, I never go into Manhattan, by the way. <laughs> and, um, there have been a couple of shootings, not that far from me in neighborhoods, I'd say, you know, five, six miles away and stuff. There's a very uncharacteristic for those neighborhoods, but no, I don't go into the city. But Chicago, you know, you look at their statistics every weekend and it's like Afghanistan and Iraq and, you know, Ukraine. Very sad. It's unbelievable. Mm. All right. Let's wrap up with what didn't we talk about? Jody, you're the guest. What didn't we talk no, about? No, I, I don't. Actually, have, you're I, not a guest. I, I take that back. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should not have said that. What didn't, what didn't we talk about? I don't know, because I'm out of the national loop, but. Something will probably come to me as I listen What's to you guys. I don't know. Illinois that's sticking out. Uh, well, Jesse Sullivan's running for governor. So any listeners, check him out. He's definitely the best candidate out there. Is he in a primary or he's already in a He's in a primary. There's several um, Republicans. I'll tell you right now, though, he is, I mean, you know, in Illinois, it's, it's one thing to be conservative. It's another thing to be able to win in this state. And he is the conservative who can win. He's from central Illinois. He, he grew up one of eight kids on a farm. Um, he went to Stanford and Oxford. Um, he worked as a civilian for um, the Department of Defense in Afghanistan, trying to figure out why, um, you know, the Afghan people were coming after our men. He uh, built a company, basically, sort of like um, a venture capitalist company, but a non sort of nonprofit trying to get people out of poverty through entrepreneurism. Um, he's a father of five. He's, he's uh, adopted two other kids. Um, I mean, it just, they're, they're, he's, he can win this state. Is he a politician now? He's never been a politician before. In fact, most of the people on his campaign haven't, but they are running it brilliantly. In fact, uh, Glenn Youngkin's team kind of scoured the nation. They wanted to do, again, what they did with Glenn. And uh, they chose Jesse to basically their, his, Glenn Youngkin's team is um, assisting in this campaign and it's going really well. And I hope it continues to go well and that we win. Isn't that um, nothing against him personally? He sounds great, but isn't that job just a pipeline to the prison? 
<laughs> well, it is for some, but you know. Yeah, and you think that, that a Republican has a prayer now? What's that? You, you're saying you think a Republican would have a prayer? Oh, I think if if it, I, I I do, I think if there's ever a time for for someone like him, it's now. If he doesn't win, or if a Republican doesn't win, and I don't have high hopes for several of the other Republican gubernatorial candidates, but this state's over. I mean, it's so bad. It's going to be so bad if Pritzker wins again. And so, isn't a lot of Illinois like normal, you know, American people? Yeah. So outside of Chicago and the immediate suburbs. I mean, the suburb I'm in used to be reasonable, uh, but it's gone completely whacked, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term. But so I don't think this, you know, that being said, there is movement on people who maybe have been longtime voters of Democrats and kind of are a little bit like me in that, you know, they want good things, but... Um, they are realizing a little bit that they've been sold, sold a bag of goods. I don't know what the hell took them so long, but there are those people, it is happening. And it's just gonna be a matter of to what degree. Um, but a lot of it in this state has been the education control thing and the COVID has sort of woken up some people. When are your primaries? Oh, some people. Uh, yeah, so they're not till June 28th. That's not typical. Usually we have ours in April, but. Um, Are you in the redistricting problem like New York State? Is yeah. that a bunch of problems? Yeah. No. yeah, 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 yeah. So, and you know, again, this state's run by Democrats. So we've got all sorts of problems, but yes, that is one of them in our primaries on June 28th. I don't know if you guys are following New York State. So the court overthrew the Democrat redistricting plan. So they're having to push back the primaries for the state statewide offices, but apparently the governor is insisting on not pushing back her primary. So at the moment, as far as two days ago, they're talking about having two primary elections and with whatever that will mean money-wise and electoral-wise. But New York's in a bit of uh, confusion right now because people don't know what district they're running in. Hey. By the way, um, did J.D. Vance win yesterday? Yes, he did. Yes. Well, and even with his right, even right with direction. his correct name for a change too. Sorry. Okay, Mike. What didn't we talk about that you're itching to talk about besides plastic bags? Well, I, I was waffling on whether to talk about this one, but I'll throw it out there. So, um, I, I think that uh, there was an interesting development in college athletics this week. Um, Ed had probably seen my Facebook post on it, but it happens to affect the. My, my alma mater, University of Pittsburgh, where our star receiver has apparently gone into the transfer portal. And the reason why is apparently he's being lured to USC or a bigger school who's offering him a bigger uh, NIL contract, which is for that stands for name, image and likeness. So apparently now yeah, the athletes have have the right now to sell their name, image and like likeness and to make money. Right? A lot of people think that they deserve to make more money. And I think Ed, you had pointed out that there was a, a court case about it as well. Yes, Supreme Court decision last about a year or two ago. Okay. 
But now it's, it's all being corrupted. It, it wasn't supposed to be that a bunch of boosters from another school could form a coalition, if you will, and then just offer big money to these athletes to just switch schools. So I think the way the college athletics was set up in terms of big time football and basketball before was not ideal. There were problems. I've always argued that you were paid because you got a scholarship, a free ride, room and board. Uh, you got an education that you could take with you the rest of your life. Was it perfect? Absolutely. Absolutely not. Not perfect. And I understand the schools make a lot of money and all that stuff. But I, I wanted to, pro to approach this more from a free market perspective, right? In terms of our show and where we come from, what, it, what would be considered the right way to approach this? I think the NCAA has a right to their own rules, right? So it's, it's not totally a free market. You have big time sports like the NH NHL, the NBA, where they have caps. I think even uh, well, wait a minute, no, no, but the NCAA is a private party. I mean, why is there why are their rules being anal analogized to government rules? I mean, if you're talking about a free market, this is a free market. The NCAA is that's the way you're rules. okay. So, but again, what it, what is the right approach to take when you're really okay in an ideal world? We don't we're not living in a totally ideal world, but to, where you have student athletes. I think to. student athletes has always been absurd. It's a minor league, and it's always just been this ridiculous mess. Is, is there a solution? Are, are we? Yeah, the solution as, is what I told you in your Facebook posts. The professional oh, sports league should create their own minor leagues and end this fiction of college sports. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Are, are we otherwise okay with what's going on right now? Is it okay for an athlete to just be lured by another? It's free market. It's free market. Okay, but the NL, the NIL, the intent of the NIL was to allow them to make money off off of themselves, which is fine. Not not to sell themselves to the highest bidder. Why not? Why shouldn't they be able to sell their talents? Again, I think college sports is a myth, like Ed is saying, and they should be able to sell their talents. It's it's an absolute joke what we have. It's no. It becomes even it becomes even more of a joke. I think the fact that the balance sheets and the contracts, well, the contracts are not private. The, the, the colleges are making billions and billions of dollars on this. I mean, the, the idea that this is some amateur event and it's just, you know, something that nobody should be making money on is absurd. The colleges are making money hand over fist. So why shouldn't the, play, the students be able to make money on it? Yeah, and, they can and, afford their tuition if they get paid for their services. Well, that, that's, and, a different, and, that's a different question as to whether they should legitimately straight up be paid for what they're doing, right? I mean, now, now basically what's been set up is a system that's being exploited. How are they being exploited? I mean, I think... Because I mean, it wasn't the intent of the NIL to have a bunch of boosters come along and say, we're going we're gonna to pay you. I mean... What you're really not, you, you know, what I mean, you're not really worth what you're going to get for na your name, image, and likeness. We're, pay, we're paying you, go, you to play. But you know, if you go back a little it's further, a, back a roundabout in history, way of going about it. If, if you go back a little further in history, originally it was exactly like that. The boosters were paying people to go to to go to their schools, and then the uh, NCAA came out. Well, so, but I'm now saying you're, the you're complaining that it's happening now, and I'm saying originally it was happening before they went to, before they made their commitment, they'd get a big brown paper bag full of money. And that was how they decided where they went to school. You know, 
and I, I'm, I'm oversimplified. I mean, they might get a no-show job at, you know, some boosters, you know, auto mechanics shop or whatever. But then the NCAA came out with rules saying, no, you can't do that. And so, you know, before they were they were getting paid to choose a school before they enrolled. And now they're getting paid to to choose a school after they've enrolled when they're transferring. Yeah. I, I think that the intermediate step, I mean, I get why they did it. They were trying to prevent the things that you're talking yeah, about. Right. But the reality is, you know, it, it would be one thing if the NCAA were, you know, donating that <laughs> money to, you know, charitable causes. But they weren't. They were making millions of dollars, expanding their bureaucracy. You know, people were getting rich off it. So why shouldn't the people working and, pro- and producing the product be able to get paid for it? You know, to well, bring it back to abortion and go full circle. Um, it's just like they say with abortion, you're not going to get rid of it. It's just going to go underground. That's what happened in college sports. Okay. You, you found <coughs> a way to pay people anyway. And let's just bring it out in the open and make it into a minor league profession. And if they're worth that kind of money, they're worth that kind of money. I mean, that's a better, that's a better, I think that's a better solution than the nonsense that's going on. This right is a now. game. This this is bring is it out in the open. Bring it totally out in the open. It is in the open. Just, I mean, just pay them. But, but, it, that, but it, how is where it does that leave universities? What what I, okay. But I'm saying if they're going to be paid, then let's just pay them. Don't pretend it's for NIL. Right. right I hear what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Just come out straight up and pay them like we do in the, in the NBA. Now, why exactly Americans can pay for those salaries, that's beyond me. But, but again, the other problem is you have, you have these sports leagues that don't draft pretty much out of high school, right? I mean, you, you pretty much don't. Like the NBA generally doesn't. You had guys like LeBron. It, it, it can happen, but it doesn't always. I think they put they in can... a rule that they were, they're not allowed to anymore, I think. Okay, so do you know what the rules are for the, uh, uh, the NFL? Because I don't. I don't know I that they take them right out of I think it's an so age. So that, that's part of the, the problem, right? I mean, like if, if the big sports leagues act like Major League Baseball does and where they do take prep kids, they take kids directly out of high school and they get paid, they you get a big bonus, they go right to the minor leagues and we know they're professionals. Right, well, that's I, I don't see that why, why we don't, why these other sports leagues? Don't and I'm not sure why one sport evolved would, that way and another evolved the other way. I, I don't. I don't know either. I don't know why that some of these other sports leagues have these restrictions, whereas baseball doesn't. But just create the minor leagues, and then maybe we will have true student athletes. Okay, so I have a question: what What happens to college sports if that happens? Because why would really highly talented kids go to college, like in baseball? Why would you go to college when you can go right into the well, they're going to they're going to take whatever whatever kids don't go pro, they'll take. Yes. Yeah, so the quality of college sports then falls. Right. It's, all, it's all relative. It becomes college sports again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You know what? Bill Gates could have stayed in Harvard, or he could have founded Microsoft and made a gazillion dollars. It'll be college <laughs> sports. Yeah. Man. I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves. I mean, what, what's the point of having a kid go to Duke for one year and then he's a one and done and he leaves? I mean, what's yeah. The and point? half of them are illiterate anyway. Let them play yeah. basketball. It doesn't make any sense. They do well. <laughs> yeah. So that that is also. And I'm kind of glad you brought that up because uh, my my two L son is going to specialize in sports law, which I believe is changing very much. So, all right, Ed, it's all yours. Well, Rush Limbaugh used to tell us that the left will always tell you who they're most scared of. 
This week, the New York Times, which is the paper of record for the left, published a 20,000 plus word screed attacking Tucker Carlson and throwing every vicious lie and smear of him being a racist and a nationalist and, and a bigot and everything else at him. And I think it's worth noting that they're, that, that they're scared enough of him to write such a lengthy three-part series uh, attacking Tucker. And, and I mean, of course they falsely accuse everybody, but I just, you know, it was front page news for them uh, and it was a big deal to them. So I think it's worth noting that they view Tucker as a, as a big deal and as, as a threat to them. So I, that's a story I think that's worth remembering and, and keeping in mind. Mm -hmm. Now, if I remember correctly, Rush Limbaugh was a dropout. And if I remember yes. correctly, he was a severe disappointment to his father. He always yes. talked about it. Yeah. Oh, well, so much for college. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's nice that he, he will live on for a very long time because some of his quotes far, far, far outlive him. And Could I you imagine what Noah's saying if he were alive today? Yeah, but he had the best delivery. I still say it. And I never understood why they ripped him so much for being rude and impolite. He was by far the most polite of all of them, I found. I don't think I ever heard him yell at anybody. Well, I guess right. it would have been a tribute if we had a call or abortion today. If we had, I'm sorry? A call or abortion. Do you remember that? <laughs> I, I don't know. Everybody got kind yeah, of quiet. He used to abort calls. Yeah. He, he, he did that as a, as a oh. way of making a point about abortion. Which abortion he, yeah. he would have callers on and he would just cut them off in the middle. Right. Like, click. Call or abortion, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Ah, the man no, had in the, talent in, in the early days when, of his hate. Oh yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't listen to him at the beginning. I didn't get on to him till like '91. So I missed the first couple of years, maybe. I think I vaguely remember him being on in New York, and he was on late at night. And my father had him on the radio. Go. My father would listen to the radio going to bed. Uh, and no, I'm that was like, a TV oh my show, Mike. No, 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 no. This was before that. Uh, we're going oh, yeah. way back when he just started on radio in New York. Late 80s. Yeah. 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 So, what do you say? Love definitely, him. definitely miss him. Fuzzball. Definitely miss him. And I don't think I've really tuned in to uh, noon to three uh, since he passed. I think they should retire the whole slot. <laughs> Instead of retiring with a number, just no one's allowed to be on the radio from 12 to three. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's my idea, which is why I'm wealthy. All right. With that, we'll wrap it up. Jody, it's wonderful to have you. We hope to have you back next week. It was great having you, Jody. Number yeah, one. Good to be here. Even I though I had no idea. Only one of us has been here for every single show, and it's not me, Mike, or Jody. So big congratulations. <laughs> we'll Yay, see you on next, next week is 100. Next week is Ooh. 100, baby. Three digits. We got to reset our computer and everything. So, our own version of Y2K. That's exactly <laughs> right. Um, be back next week, regular time. Hopefully, regular crew plus a little bit of a celebration. And um, this will be up as a podcast very, very shortly. Have a wonderful evening. Take care.